Hello and welcome to the Just In Stride podcast. I'm your host, Justin Pugliese. If you love endurance sports, you've definitely come to the right place. On this show, we'll talk to athletes, coaches, and professionals who can help us reach our true potential. Being a student of distance running for over 10 years and interviewing people in the sport for the last five, I've learned a ton, but there's always more to discover. Everyone has a story, and I know you'll resonate with each of our guests as we embark on this new journey together. Join us at home, on the road, or while you run. Together, we'll have some fun. So follow along on Instagram at JustInStridePod and your favorite podcast platform and prepare to be inspired. Come along for the ride with Just In Stride. This episode is presented by our friends at Exact Nutrition, a tasty and healthy way for you to fuel your body before, during, and after a solid training session. I can't leave the house without a few fruit bars in my pocket and they never make it back home. Exact is offering you 15% off your order when you use the code JUSTINSTRIDE. So head to exactnutrition.com and fuel your goals today. I often say that social media is a two-edged sword. On one hand, it can consume our time and we can easily compare ourselves to others, putting us in a negative mental space. On the other, we can document our journey and share with anyone out there willing to listen, potentially impacting someone in a more positive way. I much prefer the latter if I do say so myself. On today's episode of Justin Stride, I had a chance to connect with ultra runner and content creator Rob Perez. Rob got into running as a way to prepare for the intense training he experienced during his time with the US Navy. He built his base running 5 miles daily, quickly jumping into ultra running events covering 50 kilometers and beyond. After years of consistency, Rob took on the challenge and completed the Speed Project solo earlier this year, and plans on completing the International Edition by crossing the Atacama Desert this November. Above all else, Rob loves creating useful running content on his social platforms, covering registration hacks, training tips, fueling advice, and so much more. All in an attempt to help fellow runners as he hopes to make running more available and accessible to all. Rob, welcome to the Justin Stride podcast. How's it going? Yeah. I appreciate you taking the the time, taking the invite, and uh, I know it's like super short notice, but we got it turned around here. No, you're all good. This is better. I operate on the fly, so we're good to go. Yeah. Uh, so how are you doing recently? I know, well, you put out tons of content. I think that's how you kind of ran across my my Instagram feed and, and how I started following you, but I'm loving everything you're putting out there. I know you just raced the Copenhagen half, and it seems like you never stop running. Uh, yeah, it's been a busy, busy, busy last two months. Um, I, this is my first weekend where I will be sleeping in my own bed on a Friday and Saturday night. Um, the last eight weekends have all, I've been gone traveling all, I would say 90% running related, um, which has been a blast. I would, I would love to keep doing that, but need one more rest weekend. Cause the following weekend is a Marine Corps marathon, which is kind of my, my last chance at, uh, throwing down a fast time. So I figured I'd get some rest this weekend. And have you done that one before? Like no, I've only cheered it. I've cheered it almost every year. I've lived in DC for five years. Um, so it's obviously the big race in DC. So I am beyond excited to finally be running in the city that I live in, which is actually something I thought about it. I've never actually done. Um, so this will be the first time that I have kind of the home, t- home field advantage and I have some, uh, some fans out there and some people that are going to be cheering me on, which is a, super cool. 
So you know the course super well? Like why is why um, that race? I looked at it the other day. I do know the course um, pretty well. When I run races like that, I black out anyways. So I don't remember and know exactly what's going on. Um, but yes, I do have a good idea of the course. I also know where a couple of the different bigger running clubs out here in DC are going to be at for cheering. So I'll know where I'm going to get my like little energy boosts. So I'm planning for that accordingly. Any any content on uh, like pre-race stuff, uh, like prior to? Yeah, I I believe it or not, I struggle to do content during fast races. That's why I like ultra marathons and stuff because I can take my time, I can walk, I can eat, I can kind of talk to my phone and eventually create something from it. Um, when I'm running like a six forty five, six fifty pace, it's really hard to even pull my phone out of my pocket safely and securely record something, say some words, and then get back to running and get the phone back in my pocket. I do focus more on the racing. So we'll see how much I get. Um, I, like I said, I'll have a bunch of, of uh, support out there and people that are also just watching. So I'm hoping they get some clips that I can kind of throw together and throw a little recap together after. Yeah. But as I understand it, like you're an ultra runner, right? So a marathon, obviously like different pace, but is this, this is kind of training for always something else? Like is a marathon half kind of like a, always like a training kind of thing? Yeah, I treat a lot of the marathons as training runs. Um, as you may have seen, my big thing this year is I want to get 50 marathons run in a year, um, which at that pay, at that rate is about a marathon a week. Um, so I'm on pace for that. Because of that, though, I can't treat every single marathon like it's a race and go out for a sub three goal every time. Um, Post marathon, I'll probably be pretty torn up for about two to three days and, you know, just be doing some very, very, very light running. Um and so if I treated every marathon like that, that would eliminate half of my year just to be down for three days every week. So Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, so what does like uh, even your mileage look like? Um, uh, it, it, it varies. It should be more <laughs> consistent. I'm not the best person to uh, – I'm uncoached. I'm untrained. I am, I'm just a person that goes out and runs based on how I feel, um, which has helped keep me injury-free. However, that also leads to some weeks where – I may only get 15, 20 miles when I'm used to running 70 plus miles a week. So I'm ramping back up uh, as I get ready for these last final races this season. And then uh, next year, we started back up in February, March timeframe. We'll get back to running full time and get ready for that season too. Crazy. And I think, I mean, part of uh, like why I started following you too is obviously like Speed Project. Um, these are ultra endurance kind of races. Like yeah you know, what, what drew you to that? And like, I mean, it was a great start to the year, I guess, for you. Yeah. I run with uh predominantly Northeast track club. I run, I kind of, at this point run with everyone, but Northeast track club out of DC is, is kind of my home. I've been with them for a little over three years. Um, they had a relay team go the past couple of years and I watched, um, I never put my name in for the relay. I was just more interested in kind of seeing it. Um, and then I later found out there was a solo option and, uh, one of my, um, uh, one of the people that runs Northeast track club kind of approached me and said, Hey, we have a connection. We can put your name in. Would you want to put your name in, you know, put your name in the hat and apply. And I said, sure. You know, I don't know. I don't think I'm on that level. And this is mind you at the time I'm watching names like, um, uh, Jess Woods from Nike up in New York. I'm seeing names like that. Um, well, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, the uh, now the new Red Bull athlete um, that runs with On Kilgore. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean it's like yeah. a big one. Yeah, Kilgore's out there running. I'm just seeing names like that on there, and then here I am getting asked if I want to 
you know, jump to that level. Um, so it was intimidating, definitely. But at the same time, I knew if I brought a good crew with me and everything, we would have a good time. And we would make it happen. So that's exactly what I did. And I was like, you know what? Let's put our name in there. Let's get a crew together. Let's, you know, train for it. And a couple of weeks later, I got the uh, acceptance email. And that was kind of all she wrote at that point. I was ready to start running. Amazing. So how yeah. was that the biggest thing you've ever taken on like run wise? That is definitely the biggest. Um, that was uh, the route we took was a, a hair under 300 miles. It was like 298 or something like that. Um, 105 hours to complete it. It was, that's the most running I've done in a short span of time. I was doing first three days. I did about 65 miles a day, right around hundred K. Uh, and then day two and day three cut back just a little bit as I finished and went through kind of some of the harder terrain. So quite the time, quite the time. Yeah. Right. And I mean, our, fir our first guest, as I mentioned to you before, we spoke here, uh, Lucy Scholes, like won the thing and, oh my uh, God. Lucy's like, amazing. She is my inspiration. Were you guys friends before the, the speed project or? No, that, that actually, we just had, we both had the exact same gut feeling. We got on the first speed project call, which again, I, I, I jump on this call. I have no idea who to expect on the other end. It's the race director Nils and a couple other runners who, um, one of them, for example, is James Poole, who did speed project completely by himself. He had no crew. He ran with a backpack. Um, I think three pairs of socks and three underwear. And he said, that's all he would change and rotate through. Um, yeah. So I'm like seeing names like that pop up on the screen and out of nowhere, Lucy pops in and she's like, Hey guys, sorry, just finished Rocky raccoon, 100 miler, but I'm, good now. <laughs> I'm here for the call. And I'm like, these people are jumping on a call post 100 miler. And like, <laughs> I'm at the bar. The second I finish a race, I'm at the bar. Yeah. Um, these people are jumping on a call in preparation for their next race. So yeah. I, I'm just, you know, it's already changing my perspective, but I was like, I like her. She's good energy. Then we get to LA and we we're in this big group text multiple times. Lucy and I had a couple calls on the side, um, just about like route. And we were kind of sharing cause we were, if anything, more of the amateurs compared to, like I said, some of the bigger names that have run it before. Um, so we get out there and uh, bandit running has a, a pop-up and I was like, Lucy, I'm going to the pop-up. I love the guys at bandit. You should definitely come check it out and come hang. And at the pop-up, we hit it off immediately. We just had the best time. Uh, her friend Lindsay, who was kind of like her team captain, was out there. A couple of my uh, teammates were already out there. And we were just cooking and joking for hours at this pop-up, eating pizza and hanging out. And uh, from that point on, we were just, we truly have been best friends. I surprised her in New Orleans a couple, uh, wow, that was what, a month and a half, two months ago now. Um, yeah, we are you cannot separate us. It's kind of, it's scary. <laughs> yeah. You, well, you documented that too. So I thought that was really, really fun and cool that you did that. And, you know, obviously get a couple miles in, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. We, we went and ran. That was immediately what we did. Um, you can't, you can't avoid it when all, when you know each other through running, you're going to go run together. Yeah. Would you say like, that's one of maybe your, your best connections you've made through, through running and. Oh, absolutely. I, I tell everybody, um, I mean, Lucy came and visited DC and I, again, with my running club, uh, Northeast track club, I, we have a discord channel with a couple hundred people in it. Um, I threw her name in there and just said, Hey, Lucy's coming by. If anyone wants to grab a drink, like we'll be after the workout, we'll be grabbing a drink. And the response was crazy. Everyone was like, so excited to just meet, you know, it, you've probably told Lucy's story, but she broke the men and women's record for LA to Vegas. Like 
she is iconic and she came in and that was her first ever kind of experience doing something like that. So mm -hmm. she just absolutely crushed it. Um, and yes, yeah, she is someone I look up to and someone that I get uh, a lot of energy from being around and from just interacting with, even if it's just a phone call for five minutes. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, she's so, um, like humble about it, you know, I find that oh, something. Gosh. Yeah. You would have no idea. She would never bring it up. She will never bring it up. I'm always the one to bring it up in conversation. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's admirable for sure. And like, so impressive. Like, I mean, I had her on, she was the first episode on this new, new show and I was like thrilled to have her and ex excited to hear her story. And yeah, yeah I just couldn't believe it, you know, definitely, definitely one of the top friends from it. For sure. Um, like maybe a little background on you, Rob, like, you know, how was it for you like growing up and like, I know you're, you're a guy from Chicago and like, were you an active kid? Like when, you know, when did running enter your life? It seems like it's a huge part of your life right now. Like what was, yeah. has it always been? Uh, that I, uh, let's see. Yeah. I grew up born and raised in the Northwest suburbs of Chicago, a town called Displains. Uh, it's probably about 30 minutes outside of the city. Um, I was an active kid. Football and volleyball were uh, the sports I played in high school. I also actually raced go-karts at one point in my life, like arguably semi-professional. Um, nice. Some of the guys I raced against are now in the Indy 500. So <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah, so I did that. It was, it was, yeah, did a lot of things. I tried it all. I obviously did the whole like soccer, had the t-ball, you know, did, did all that. But um, volleyball turned out to be the one that I stuck with the longest, played club, loved it. Played it for nine years, I believe, straight um, competitively. And then uh, it was time to go off to college. Uh, ended up dropping out of college and realized I wanted to join the military. So I enlisted in the Navy. And that's when the running kind of kicked in. I wanted to go do something in special forces. Um, didn't really know what, but I knew that those guys were really fit. And so I was like, let's go run. So I ran you know, five miles a day or so, somewhere around there. Um, signed a contract to be a submariner and actually work on boats underwater boats that are designed to sink on purpose which is wild um my recruiter was a submariner so he was pushing for it. <laughs> okay. um, signed up for that ended up finding out because i signed that contract that i wasn't able to even try out for special forces but i kept up with the running so uh and that was in 2013 i joined the navy 2016 i went and did my first ultra and it was actually my first big race. I had never done a half marathon or a marathon at that point. I jumped right into a trail 50 K. Um, and I knew I loved it immediately. I was sore for days on end after that. And it was out in the woods, um, but immediately fell in love with the sport and the ultra side of it. I, I love marathons. Big city marathons are fun, but I was drawn to, I mean, this ultra, the very first aid station you get is after 2000 feet of climbing, you get bacon, beer, and bourbon. That's all they had to serve. Um, and I was like, I'm hooked. This is cool. <laughs> it's way cooler than eating goose and drinking water and be, being oh, handled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then from there, that was 2016. Uh, I changed jobs. I stopped being a submariner and got a position here in DC. That was in 2018. And I started training again full time because I was on land and no longer underwater. Um, there's one treadmill on every submarine. And you have to share it between you and the 130-ish other crew members. So Wow. Um, yeah, so you literally schedule like a 30-minute time slot. And that's assuming that, you know, people that are more senior to you haven't scheduled that beforehand. So Okay. Um, I have a question about this. Like, yeah. how does one become a submariner? Like, <laughs> like yeah. what, what qualified you as, you know, you, 
you signed up and then like what qualified you to do that. And to me, like submarines, the way I think about them, this is me being really naive, but like they're like for four people or something, yeah. <laughs> you know, not like hundreds of people. Like that's crazy. Yeah. No, you're, you're not, uh, you're not far off. I mean, it, it's, it, they are small. Um, I'm six foot one, the height, most of the walking height on a Virginia class submarine is around that. So I don't really hit my head as long as I have small little shoes on. If I put my, my boots that I used to wear on, I'd be knocking my head every now and then, or if I had a, a hard hat on when we were in a construction phase, I'd be slamming my head on, you know, pipes and stuff. But to get into it, really, it's in the Navy, you, you, you pick a job when you enlist and you start training towards that job. And I, I picked submarining. I scored high enough on the ASVAB for it, which is kind of the aptitude test. Mm. Um, it was not what I expected I'd be sticking with. But after being out to sea, you just I mean, I kind of fell in love with it. I would never do it again. Um, but I did while I was in there fall in love with it. I mean, it's the camaraderie you're, you're kind of, imagine I locked you in your house with, um, you and a hundred of your best buddies. It would fit you all, you know, you could all have your own rooms and everything. Um, but no sunlight, no beer, no, you know, you get to do a grocery run maybe once every month or two. Um, and you kind of go with that. That's kind of what living in a submarine is like and no internet, obviously. Mm-hmm. So good. Like a good lesson for disconnecting and just you know like the good old days where we didn't have tech this technology we play lots of cribbage (laughs) lots of cribbage actually i right behind me is my board i keep it on the uh on the coffee table yeah you're probably an expert now yeah too many too many hands played so how much running could you actually get on a sub done on a submarine with all those i think i i tried this one time this is before i ever thought about content creation and kind of like tracking what i did but i did once i think do like an hour and a half run which back in that day that was probably a nine or ten mile run for me which um the the fun part about running on a submarine we'll call it fun slash scary part is submarines are like airplanes like when they turn they bank right and so you can be running on a flat treadmill and not adjust any of the settings and all of a sudden you just feel yourself turning and now you're running on this angle. It's a trippy <laughs> experience. And same thing with hills. Like if the submarine needs to come up, you're running downhill. If it needs to go down, you're running uphill because the treadmill faces backwards. So oh, wow. uh, you got to you got to be prepared for whatever they throw at you. So it's not just like running on a treadmill. It's it's that with obstacles. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Like totally something. Like this is something about Rob. You, you wouldn't know unless you you. You said it, you know, or heard it on this show now. So, yeah, that's kind of cool. Like fun fact, you know, you, no one can ever take that away from you. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I do wonder like now again, now that I'm in the position that I'm in, I want to know if there's like a fastest marathon treadmill marathon run underwater, like a submerged treadmill marathon, because I would love to have world that. record right there. You can make it yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. So after that, you hit the trails and you loved it. And I mean, were there some some growing pains in your running? You know, you said you ran five miles a time, and then, you know, yeah. what were some like early lessons? It wasn't that long ago, you know. Yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was only seven years ago. Um, grand scheme of things, that's not long in a lot of people's running career. But um, yeah, I had all the injuries. I I, I fought through all of it. Um, I had the shin splints, you know, chronic shin splints that just. I, I got used to running with because I didn't know any better. I didn't know that those were curable. Um, information was not readily as available as it is now. Also, back then, I wasn't tied into a, a big running club or running community. So I didn't have 300 other people that I could go 
reach out to and say, Hey, what did you do when you dealt with this? I was kind of figuring it out on my own, um, which not ideal, you know, always, always reach out. That's something when I meet someone who's newer to running, I'm like, the second you feel something weird or something feels off, talk to someone that's been doing it for longer. They definitely have dealt with it before. Um, moved on from shin splints to IT band issues, IT band syndrome. Um, my legs were just, that was the first race I dropped out of. I had a 50 K that, um, like in my groin and in my IT band, everything was just so tight. I physically could not stand up to walk. I did it, you know, I did 20, 25 miles, um, trying to go as fast as I could. And it just ate me alive one day. And so same thing, you know, six weeks off of rest and which every runner hates that period, you know, when you're forced to rest. Um, mm -hmm. I went through all that. I've gone through a, a bunch of like, uh, I don't know exactly like the medical term for it, but where your, your, your bones kind of feel like there's a stress. I think it's called like a stress reaction. So it's almost like a stress fracture, but um, really it's just your body trying to stop that and provide that feeling of pain before it gets any worse. Um, I had that in both of my femurs at one point. Mm. Um, yeah, I kind of dealt with it all. And I'm a bigger, I'm a bigger guy. I'm not, you know, I'm six one, but I'm 200 pounds. I'm not, uh, 160 pound, you know, like some of the runners that are my height are flying around here. So I'm carrying some extra weight, which is fine, but it does take a different toll on your body. And if you don't know that and you're not ready for that, it'll kind of eat you up if you're not mm -hmm. ready for it. Is there like knowing all that now, is there advice you would give to yourself looking back or someone who's getting into the sport? Um, you know, like you see a lot of beginners when you go out running and, you know, you want them to join the groups and you want them to enjoying all the fun, you know, but the fun is the running part and nobody likes to be hurt. So, right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I see it all too often. And this is one thing in the like content creation space that I get nervous about is I see all these people kind of pushing their limits, um, whether it's for content or whether it's because they wanted to go do something, it, it kills me to see my friends injured. Um, it is, it's, it's, I take that on myself because I definitely could have stopped that, especially my friends that I'm close with. But anyone that's new to running, whether you're, you know, whatever your reason is, whatever race you're going for, I always say if you're trying out a new distance, run at a pace that feels like you could run forever. Um, save, you know, empty the tank in the last 10 to 20% of the race. I even do the same thing. I mean, now uh, Marine Corps Marathon again is in 10 days or so. Um, I will be doing, I have a set pace that I want to do for the first 20 miles. And then the last 6.2, uh, the last 10 K basically, that's where I'm going to start actually pushing and, you know, hurting my body in place of trying to do better and, and PR my time. But, um, when people are newer to the sport, absolutely run for how you feel. If you're hurting, take a break. If you're, you know, not feeling a hundred percent, that means something's wrong. Um, it could be minor, but you still need to address it. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I think, to your point, uh, the forever pace, I just read that actually, I'm reading Rich Roll's book, it's taking forever, I'm a slow reader, but <laughs> um, uh, Finding Ultra, and he talks about um, the, you know, 80-20 rule, and that, you know, he, the beginning, he was going out and hammering, like, everything that he did, like, the bike swim and run, like, just hammering, and, like, this was me, like, at the beginning, fortunately, I didn't get hurt. Yeah. But it had me thinking even about my slow running now. And I've been running for since 2010. So 
and quite experienced, but I'm slowing down even more on my, my easy runs. And I wasn't running fast before, but I'm taking it even a step back to make sure like my heart, I can breathe through my nose comfortably and relaxed. And actually what I'm noticing is my workouts are much better or more consistent. And my body, my old body now (laughs) feels much better connecting those days, you know, the long run on the weekend and the workout during the week. Um, I'm not like a cripple after, you know? Right. No, totally. That's, I mean, that, that's the goal. I, I truly, I could not, I could not say that enough, but when you're done with a workout, you shouldn't be thinking about how many days you have to take off until your next one. You should be able to flow right into it. And that's with, you know, running 50 marathons this year. I've learned that very, very quick. Um, that I, I have to protect the next race or protect the next marathon. So what's the strategy when you're trying to run 50 in a year? Is it spaced out evenly? Is it as you feel? Is it like, what's the schedule look like? The timing, if you just kind of have been following along on Instagram, it looks like it's just been kind of one a week because that's what it appears to be. But it was it was very front loaded. Um, again, you mentioned Speed Project. That was in March um i did january 1st 2nd and 3rd i woke up and did a marathon each of those days um and that was just kind of my kickoff to the year in preparation for speed project in march uh from there i was doing big 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 weekends to try to simulate what speed project would feel like so i think my biggest weekend i did um 50k on friday uh right after i got home from work so it ended pretty late um mind you this is also in uh january so it's cold out uh, 50k on Friday, 50 miler on Saturday, where I ran the perimeter of Washington DC, and then 50k again on Sunday. And that was just to really, really get used to what that was going to feel like to be on tired legs, multiple days in a row. Um, and so I front loaded, obviously speed project itself, that was at least two marathons a day for five days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have speed project again coming up here in November, which will be the same thing. But in the summer, that's when I went to a pretty standard one marathon per week, you know, Saturday morning, I'd get up early and try to do a marathon on the weekend. Okay. All, and all while you're working too, right? Like you're not professional. Yeah. I work athlete. regular nine to five. Yeah. I don't, uh, I, I think that's something that content creation has, has kind of people have strayed away from realizing that I do work a regular nine to five job. I mean, I, I walked in the door five minutes before job, jumping on this with you. And like I said, I just jumped in the shower simply to warm up cause it's getting cold out. Um, and here we are. And then, as you know, I have an event after this. So yeah. um, it's truly a million miles an hour. And and that is why I run to and from work, because that's my only time to run. I might as well skip the commute and run to work. Right. Yeah. And that's perfect way to include training in your busy schedule. And for mm-hmm. most people, too, like what, when am I going to find time to train like this? Like I can't right. run six days a week or whatever. So right. like you find that's a good way to, to find balance in your, in your everyday life, to have balance. And, you know, you have a social life too, and you know, you got to yeah. train and you got to work and create this content yeah. that everyone loves. So. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 if I bike to work, it's about a 25 minute commute. If I run to work, it's about 50 minutes. Um, so it does take twice as long, but if I were to take public transit or drive, especially during rush hour, that also takes 45 to 50 minutes. So I figured for the cost of essentially five minutes, I end up getting seven miles in one way. And then round trip, I got 14 miles in. Do that four days out of the week, there's 60 miles. And then knock out 40 miles on the weekend, and I got 100 mile a week. Easy. 
Yeah. Yeah. I make it sound easy. It's, it's tough. It's tough on the body, but, um, I don't sleep as much as I would like, which is important, but I don't, um, I'm working on that. Yeah. A couple of ultra friends that I know, that's what they would do too. You know, they were training for like Ultraman in Hawaii and, you know, biking to big bikes to work and bike home and same thing with running or, you yeah. know, or you, you commute to work and run home or, you know, there's just ways to do it because there's only so many hours in a day, so many hours in, in a week. And right. Um, yeah. And what, what drew, what drew you to like the content side of, of running? And uh, I know you also like do photography as well. Like these are yeah. secondary uh, passions of yours. No, they, they, they weren't passions per se. They just kind of, I don't want to say fell in my lap. I mean, I definitely wanted to do them, but the content thing started, I actually, I do this every now and then I go back and watch like my first running like simple tips video that I kind of did. Um, the editing is terrible. I laugh at it every time, but <laughs> when I did that video, people were DMing me and like messaging and being like, this is great. I never thought about this. I never thought about this. Like, you know, thanks for helping out. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll stick with this. And the content thing has just kind of been encouraging simply because over and over and over again, people always reach out and they, they share their successes with me. They, they share what works for them, what doesn't work for them. They ask for help, which obviously just creates a new video for me that I can go and talk to a subject that maybe is for a different group of people. Um, from there, obviously, as you mentioned, when we started, I, I have a bunch of travel that led to a bunch of content. And I was like, you know what, if I keep recording all these moments and keep pushing out content, some, maybe it'll go somewhere. And um, about three, four weeks, yeah, three weeks ago, I hit 10,000 followers and that kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't, I wasn't focused on the followers. I was focused on getting the content out there, but obviously followers kind of showed up and that's, it's just been awesome to see what kind of impact I've been able to have, which is something I never imagined when I made my first couple, you know, what I thought were silly little videos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it does have an impact on, on people too, you know, like they're, you know, the run influencer or the run run influencer. Um, yeah. I think that's a positive side of it. You know, if, if done correctly, done tastefully, um, you know, for everything that's maybe on the negative side of social media, there's also positive sides to it as well. Right. right. And I find your videos are very helpful and, you know, it's like you did want to think how to find out where the shakeout is or like, yeah. like stuff that we don't really think like I, you know, you go to a Berlin marathon or something, you're like, you don't know what's going on when or how, yeah. and like, you don't know how to figure that out either. And that was kind of like a clever video that was really helpful. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. I love when, honestly, what you're saying now are, are the little DMs that I get that keep me going um, when something happens or now what people have been doing lately is simply whenever they put up their marathon posts whenever they finish their first marathon or their fastest marathon whatever it is they just tag me in it now they don't you know they don't say anything they don't they don't say like <laughs> i did this because of rob it's nothing fancy they just simply tag me in it and that comes across my feet and i wake up every day and have you know especially on the weekends i wake up and have two or three pictures that i'm tagged in where i'm nowhere to be found in the picture which is people <laughs> like you know giving a little a little shout out i guess yeah have you always been like a social person like one to want to connect with others and help others or, or is this something that's kind of evolved as you've been you know running connecting with community and, and yeah I, I heard this this was from a talk forever ago i used to be in sales so i did i did all those you know Me tony, too. Robbins, tony robbins and everything courses um don't hold that against me. I <laughs> um, 
I heard something sometime that was an explanation of like the word selfish. We usually kind of have a negative connotation with the word selfish, but um, it can also be a good thing. So like I am selfish in the way that I like the feel good feeling that you get when you help someone. Something as simple as when you hold the door and someone walks by and says, thank you, right? Like, yes, I did that for them, but I also did it for me because I knew it was my good deed for the day. Now I just feel like I'm, I'm you know, doing something right. Um, that's kind of what has happened with the content that I've been putting out. It's just uh, like you mentioned with the, the event bright and like where to find events when you're at a major marathon weekend, how do you find events? If you don't know anything, how do you find those events? That was something that I was like, I've known this for a long time, but everyone around me had no idea. And instantly I was like, I can just make a video that shows what you can do. Um, my Chicago marathon event or Chicago marathon video is going to drop probably tomorrow. And that one is another one. It's, it's, all of that weekend was put together by just Googling things and talking to different brands and DMing brands and seeing who they, what they were doing, what they were hosting, you know, what was going on. And it was cool. Yeah. That's amazing. And how do you like, is it super time consuming for you? Like you put out stuff quite regularly. Um, um yeah, it is. I try to do, you know, for every run I go on, I try to create almost two pieces of content from it, whether or not that gets edited who knows, who knows if that's going to make it onto the feed, but, um, each video takes about 45 minutes to an hour of, of sitting down editing. And I, I like higher quality content, you know, even simple things like adding captions, like it's all small things that when I watch other creators, I appreciate it. And so every time I see a new tactic that I don't know how to do, I take a second to learn it and kind of add it into my content and get, you know, slowly grow as a creator. Mm -hmm. And who are you inspired by right now? That's a good question. I actually get this question all the time and I need to formally answer it. I can give you, I can give you an idea. Um, I think, let's see, this is so tough. I mean, I currently, like, who am I interacting the most with? Um, Rob Dalto, are you familiar? No. Rob Dalto, his, his handle is like Pursuit of Performance. Um, he is, his story is he's running all six Abbott World Majors um, in one singular year. He has, I believe, already run all of them spread out throughout his running career. Um, but he partnered with Abbott this year and he's one of, I believe, 20 people who are doing all six in the same year. Um, but because he's a partner with them, he's just putting out everything about it. He actually put out his, I think his claim to fame is... Um, he put out a video probably three months ago, four months ago, and it was a trend analysis video of Boston qualification times. And he said this year's Boston qualification is going to be somewhere between five to five and a half minutes faster qualifying time than what we've been seeing in the past. And lo and behold, it was what, 529 or whatever, mm -hmm. 526 that you had to be faster. I mean, he was on the money. Yeah. Um, and he did that all from like truly going and finding the data and doing the research himself. He makes wow. all of his own nutrition. Um, so he dives into like the science behind nutrition and what you really need. Every nutrition brand ever sends him stuff. So he gets to go and support other runners on long runs and just bring a backpack full of whatever nutrition they love. And he can like be their aid. I mean, he just is all around a good guy. I'm constantly learning from him about the details of things like that. I've never run a major. That's another thing a lot of people don't know. Um, I've been denied every single time. No way. How about yeah. Chicago? And Chicago too? Nope. Never made it in. What? <laughs> yeah. I ran the Boston Marathon the night before the Boston Marathon. It's called the Paul Revere Classic. Um, 
I did that, but I've never formally, I have no medals that say that I've run a major. Any desire to, or? Yeah, I'd love to. I just, I love getting denied. Rejection is much <laughs> Those emails, everyone, you know, everyone shares their rejection email. Like, I don't even share them anymore. It's just, it'd be cumbersome for everyone else's feet. Yeah, that's better content anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, getting that every year for London and uh, Tokyo now, so. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think I think I qualified. I'm time guaranteed entry into Chicago for next year. So nice. You can catch me out there again. Hometown, hometown run. So I'm thinking first. about it now. I'm thinking about it. Um, I want to run Chicago so bad that marathon. It's supposed to be a quick one, so maybe I'll catch you out there. We'll I don't see. know. Never ran the course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like in in your experience now over the last seven years, how has the how has running changed? for better or worse, or how has like your connection to the community changed um, yeah. um, over that time? I actually like this question a lot. I'm going to, I'm going to steal some answers from other um, important people. Um, I was at Boston marathon this past year and I went to a talk hosted by on um, about running culture Um and I don't, you know, don't quote me on this, but there was a gentleman with um, some form of a special need that he was a big runner. It might have been blind or deaf or something. Um, so obviously his point of view was very different and wild. Um, they had uh, one of their pro athletes there who obviously is like trying to break world records every time he steps out the door. They had his perspective on it. And then they had a couple other people that are just in the running community. And it was, it was a really, really cool talk, but, um, running culture is kind of how I refer to it. I think the running culture has shifted. It was, if you look back, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was speed. That's what advertisements were driven towards. That's where sponsorships were going. That's where all the attention and media were going. It was who's winning championships, who's the fastest, who is breaking world records, national records, whatever it is. That was the focus. I think that is still obviously a, a big focus of running. However, I mean, obviously, you know, with Kipchoge and his his legacy, Kiptum setting the world record, um, Hassan, you know, winning and setting a, a record as well. Like yeah. just all these people, it, it's evolving. The sport is evolving, but there is the other side of that. They are highlighting, you know, like I said, people with disabilities and how do they, um, what is their experience when they go and run a world major? Is a course built for them? Is, is running an equal opportunity sport? Is it available to all people? Is it, uh, um, you know, like um, sustainable running, right? That's a big thing that I've kind of heard, we'll call it a buzzword that I've heard come up more and more and more is like, how are cities hosting races and still being like carbon neutral or carbon negative? Um, that's something that like, I never thought I'd be thinking about what is my carbon footprint when I jump on a plane to go to a city, live in a hotel, run a race, live in a hotel again, and then jump on a plane and come back. Like, is there a more sustainable way to do that? There's so many things other than just who is the fastest and who's winning. Um, and that's, that's kind of a cool culture shift that I think everyone kind of gets to be a part of. Um, also, there's groups like in New York, again, I'm going to butcher the name or not be able to think of it on the spot, but there's groups that do like running protests, you know, like they, they go and fight for a better cause or for something that should be happening in the world. And they do it in the form of going out in a huge group run and kind of taking up the streets. Like mm -hmm. 
running's not about speed anymore. You know, it is, but it's not anymore. There's so much more to it. And I think that's kind of the evolution that has been super cool to watch. And I think it's just in the growing stages and that's where like the content creation has come in. It's cool to potentially highlight some of these people and see what's out there. And I, I go to every major now just to go. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm just a, a viewer and it's well, you, you can't get the, in Rob. So, I mean, yeah, I can't get in. So, <laughs> it's just some of the coolest stuff. I mean, I had a blast at Chicago and I got yeah. New York in what, three weeks, two and a half weeks. I'll be up in New York city for that marathon. And yeah, it's a culture I mean, in a good way. And that's something too, like the, that's also a special experience too, as a spectator to see, Definitely. right. It's, it's crazy. Like these, these major majors, especially are like, there's tons of people just watching and cheering and supporting other runners or just in awe of what they're able to do regardless of the pace. And I think that's, you know, always like special to see that too, you know, like some people are just like, Oh, I wish I could do that, you know, or some people physically can't, but some people aspire to just because they've seen someone else do it, you know, like they oh, can't, yeah. they can't that's, believe it. Yeah. It's, it's cool. That's kind of one of something I've again, been kind of targeting or working towards is every time I've run a new distance, I get texts about people who are signed up for a bigger distance for them too. When I was doing 50Ks, people were signing up for marathons. When I started doing 50 milers, people believed they could do a 50K. The second I did Speed Project and ran 300, I walked into my local running store and this guy, Chris, who works at the local Pacers store, I walk in and he's like, yo, Rob, I loved watching all your Speed Project stuff. I just signed up for my first 100 miler. Mm. Purely based on what he saw. And I was like, <laughs> that was not part of the plan. Like, that's awesome. You know, I'm stoked for him. Like that's, that's so cool. And again, when people tag me or, or do whatever and share their successes or DM me, like I do check my DMS. I love seeing those stories. Please send them. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Well, that's where you got this invite. So I'm, I'm so happy you check it. Yeah. <laughs> Not everyone does, you know, and it also like, I read, you know, part of your, you know, you said, I ask, always ask guests for their bio or whatever, but yeah. you want to make running more accessible and available to people. Like, is that kind of stem from what you've seen? Definitely. I think everyone should have an opportunity to have somewhat of the same experiences that I've had. Um, how, that, how is that possible and how is that going to happen? I don't know. And that's why I get scared sometimes publicly telling people that I want to make running accessible and available to more people. Um, because I don't have all the answers and I don't have all the money and I don't have all the time and energy to dedicate to that. You know, I mentioned I have a full-time job. I have all my own races I have to worry about. But if there is a way that I can get more people out and walking, even it doesn't have to be running. There's, there's running clubs now that have walking pace groups. And I love that. Like that is one less reason for you to say no to coming out to a running club. Um, things like that. Just there's a way to do it. I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm kind of hoping as I grow through social media and as I grow as a runner and as a person, that ideas come to me, resources come to me, and I'm eventually able to put something together that allows running to be essentially available to everyone, assuming they want to participate. Yeah. And it's a bit, I mean, that's a big project. I mean, it's a big idea that you just put out there. And I mean, I, I'm sure you, you know that, but like when you put things out there, things manifest themselves in some way, shape or form might not be right away, but down the line, yeah. like you're saying. Um, and like, yeah, what does that mean exactly? You know, the definition of what you do, like what you're trying to do or what you want to accomplish. 
it's hard to define, right? It, it is. It's got to, and it's got to be in Rob's way, you know, how you want yeah. it. Yeah. No, I do. I want to make it fun. I want to make like, it, I, I received my first DM the other day of someone who basically kind of let me know, like, I can't afford running shoes. I have to put 700 miles on shoes before I can switch them out just because that's what the budget has. Like, you're putting 700 miles on shoes. You're a runner. You are out there. I definitely want to get you shoes, let alone everyone else that wants to go run 10 miles. The mileage isn't what matters. It's just the fact that I want shoes on people's feet. And like, it's tough. The social media thing is a balance. Everyone knows that anyone that's done content creation, I mean, you, you know, there's always a balance for every good comment and good DM. There's a sad one or a tough one that, you know, is a tough pill to swallow. And like, I want to learn how to navigate those and I don't want to ignore those. I want to grow from those and allow those to motivate again, me to do something that will pull resources to get mm -hmm. solutions, you know, in people's hands. How, so how, how do you, and how do you create balance for yourself? Cause like that can also get overwhelming, you know, as you gain in popularity, like you mentioned, you hit 10 K people are messaging you like, you know, you don't want to be glued to your phone all the time. You need to work. Right. Like, how do you balance all those things? You know, we talked about training and work, but like when you're an influencer or somebody creating content for people to help people, well, like you don't want to ignore those reaching out, right? So yeah, yeah. Where's, it's, that, where's it's, that balance? I where's try that? to be, and this, this is the biggest compliment I've ever gotten from. We'll call them a random follower. You know, I, I kind of see my followers as more than just a random follower, but from someone I had not known in, in real life, other than through the internet, someone commented and said that when they did finally meet me, I was exactly how I am in my videos. And that was, that was huge. Um, that's exactly kind of the persona that I want to put out there. And because of that, like, that's all I can do is be transparent with people. Um, when I get some tough DMS, I let people know, like, here's what I'm going to try. It may not work. Here's what I'm going to ask for. It may not work. Um, and that's all I can do. And when, when I get the great DMS, that's again, that those boost me up and dig me out of that hole where people are, you know, sharing their maybe not so successful stories or their injuries. That's a big one. I, I probably get an injury DM once a day of, Hey, here, I have pain here. It happens when I do this, what do I do? And like, I am absolutely not medically qualified. So I will not touch it with, with a 10 foot pole, but if it's something that they know and have been diagnosed with, I can share how I, my experience of how I got through something, um, which allows me to connect with them. But I just try to keep it real. I try to keep it transparent and that's mm -hmm. all I can do. So what, let's get back to your running. Like what draws you most to these ultra distances? Like, you know, some people are more like drawn to 10 Ks and marathons. Like right. you're clearly like beyond that point. Um, I can never see myself, for example, doing a hundred miler, but. <laughs> I, I think they're, this is going to be a hot take. I think they're physically more sustainable. Um, okay. And I, I say that with proof from other friends, my friends that I've gotten to run their first 50 Ks and 50 milers, I send them out there and I do exactly what I just kind of told you in the beginning of the podcast. Like, I want you to go out and feel like you can run forever. I don't want you to push for time. Last couple miles, if you got something left in the tank, go for it. But until then, keep it all in reserve. Um, and I've watched people come out of a 50K feeling essentially great, you know, compared to they go run a half marathon and they're, they're down for three, four days after just because of the strain that it puts on your body. Um, that's part of the big draw is I truly think it is physically more sustainable. Um, also, 
you can't run an ultra in well you can you can't run an ultra though realistically with a great course in any of the major cities you got to be out in the woods you got to be out in nature you got to be out on the trails and that is something that as someone who lives in the city um i mean i can literally hear it through my window right now like it's nice to get away i don't have a car but when i can jump on a plane and go out to somewhere in the woods or you know for a weekend away in shenandoah valley like and go run i'm here for it it's so fun Mm -hmm. it's like cleansing almost yeah for sure and it's it's peaceful you know Mm -hmm. it's uh it's quiet there's no cars and no emissions like it's right just you're out there with nature neat and crisp yeah that's i honestly i love it too like i'm not a big trail guy or ultra guy and more more road but when i can get out there in the woods it's like just time to think and oh yeah 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 you'll see i I did a half marathon in telluride um i'll be putting that video up here shortly and most beautiful race i've ever run by far um it killed me i was also a little hungover but (laughs) (laughs) but we got the job done that's incredible, man. Um, what's and and this is all leading to you know you did speed project. I know that you mentioned that you're going to do the international version of that coming up. Um, I, I I was like, oh, should I like push this interview till after that to really get that experience? But like, what's <laughs> we can what, revisit? We can always revisit. What, what is that all about? Um, so speed project is having their second international iteration or second iteration. It'll be international. Um, quick story on how that came about in 2020 or 2021 speed project had to be canceled because of the pandemic. Um, so they did the speed project DIY, which was, they took the course record and had people run as far as they could in teams of six in their local towns for that amount of time and tried to see who could log the most mileage. And that was how they did kind of a race against each other. Mm-hmm. One of the teams got creative, the team down in Chile and they participated, but they did a point A to point B race relay style with the vans and the off-road vehicles in the same way you would normally do it when you run from LA to Vegas. They did it. They documented it. They sent it to the race director and kind of highlighted their journey. And he was like, that's dope. Like there's other places. Also it's in the Atacama desert. Nils loves having you run across the desert. So LA to Vegas, obviously you're just in dry desert the entire time. Um, And so he was hooked immediately and the race director decided, you know what, we're going to run an international version of this. So he opened it up to relay teams. And then I apparently made a last minute decision and said, you know what, let's also do solo. But the one stipulation is you have to have done something equally as crazy beforehand for safety purposes. So naturally I put my name in the hat. It's in November. (laughs) Um, It's in, I believe, 32 days-ish, somewhere around there. Yeah, I believe that starts on the 20th of November. I put my name in the hat. I got a team together, which was actually put together because of social media. Um, none of the local people were super able to um, fit my needs because now there's a language barrier. Now you have to be able to drive stick shift. Um, you have to be somewhat cultured and know how to handle yourself in an international setting when you are the foreigner now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I reached out and just put a couple of feelers out. And I had three three people that, I mean, I had like 25 people reach out that wanted to help but i had to narrow it down to three which was so tough because there were so many good responses and um i've got my dream team now to go tackle chile so another 300 miles through chile um across the atacama desert oh oh man that's crazy i can't imagine i can't at elevation that's the one big difference okay so how so how are you accounting for the unknown here um you know that's if i had the answer to that i (laughs) 
would be sharing it with everyone. Um, I don't know if it's an unknown. The Telluride race I did two, three weeks ago, that started at 8,700 feet and hit up to 10.5 at the high point. Um, Chile is, but the race in Chile is supposed to hit 10.5 as well. So mm -hmm. I can say I know what that feels like now. And let me tell you, I was absolutely dying up there as a sea level runner um elevation really will get you and i don't have any more again i work a full-time job i don't have any more pto to go spend a week out there and acclimate or anything like that i will be truly just kind of running gunning my whole way through there and we'll see what happens what, what does that feel like um it hurts it it was it truly just makes you feel like you're sprinting even though I was doing, I started out at like an 8.39 minute pace, which at sea level, that's my forever pace. I could run that all day long. Mm -hmm. um, but you you do that at 8,000 or 10,000 feet and it felt like I was doing sub six pace. Wow, yeah. It was it was hard. You'll see in the video, half the video is me breathing. <laughs> I had to breathe in between sentences. Heavy breathing, yeah. Yeah, oh, true. Man. That's crazy. What's, yeah. So what's the hardest part about these, these like, these are multi-day efforts. Like what's the worst part of it? Would you say, how do you get through the, those moments uh, in your experience? Like, do you have a mantra? Do you like, what's the secret for you? Yeah. Um, I don't, I need to come up with something, but I, uh, I always keep it light. I, I keep everything so light. I don't take a lot of things too seriously other than safety. You know, that's kind of where I draw the line, but um, when it comes to winning, I actually don't care, you know, completing 300 miles across the Atacama desert is a big enough thing that I can know that I did. I don't have to win. Um, and then, yeah, I, I just, I surround myself with people that will get me through that. I think the hardest times, especially when I did it for in, in March was the mornings, like waking up, um, you we got about four hours of sleep a night your body hurts you just ran 100k the day before you're sore and now you know you get to start over and go move your body for another 16 17 hours yeah again that the mornings were the hardest once i got two miles into it good to go but the mornings were so hard and then nighttime something i know about myself i'm sure it applies to other people i've never actually asked but after a day of exerting energy, I get so cold the second the temperature drops, um, freezing, just mm -hmm. frigid. And day two of Speed Project in March, we got hit with freezing rain on top of all that. I only had seven miles to go. Again, another thing that I would never think is even remotely a, a tough task. Um, and those last seven miles with my friend Sarah crushed me i mean soul crushing just you're you're freezing cold you're shivering you're trying to not cramp um that was hard and then also seeing my pacer sarah who is a stud also a very strong runner also struggling you know we're only on day two we got two and a half more days of this to go that's when it gets tough when you hit adversity early on when i hit adversity with 10 miles to go i'm pushing through i don't care you know i can mm -hmm, have a bone mm -hmm. on my leg we're pushing through that um, but when you have 200 miles to go, you start having these inner dialogue and inner conversations that make you question a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So how do you turn off the self-doubt? Uh, I, I go back to what I know, which is I've done this before. Now in the case of Speed Project, I hadn't, but I broke it down to 
it's a freezing cold seven mile run. I've done freezing cold seven mile runs before. Like I've done that to myself on purpose. I did that in training. Um, Chile is going to be the, be the same thing. I know the elevation is going to get to me. I know I'm going to get unwell and take a longer break. That makes me feel like I'm losing ground on all the other runners. Um, during that time, I'm going to return to, have I done this before? Do I know what I'm doing? Are the people around me supporting me? You know, I just go to all the things that I know the answer is yes, or a, a positive answer. And I'm going to, I'm going to run with that, um, literally and figuratively. Amazing. Yeah. And like, if we learn anything from Lucy, you guys stick to a plan, you know, have a good plan in place. Yeah. <laughs> See, you say that we are exact opposites. I do. As much as I, do I obviously have a plan. Um, yeah. Lucy had, I don't know how much she talked about it. I need to listen to her podcast. Sorry. Lucy. <laughs> um, Lucy, they had Excel sheets with pacing and timing to like the mile. Oh yeah. I could never. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy if I pay my bills on time. Lucy had her pacing down to the mile and down to the minute. Like yeah. we're yeah. very different runners. However, so we are best of friends. So yeah, yeah, amazing. So good. Now, are you doing anything else other than running to prepare you for your to prepare your body for this type of challenge? Yeah. Um I it, it's it's running adjacent, but it is it's kind of the sleep deprivation. A lot of my and this is not planned, it's just truly I I don't have enough time in the day to get everything done. So I've been sleeping about four to six hours a night on a good day. Um and that's played a role. It's helped me build my confidence with going back to four hours of sleep and getting up and running and then going to bed and getting up and running. Um that's been kind of nice. And then these last couple of weekends of long runs. I'm going to do something where I probably go out on Friday night, you know, hang out with friends just like a normal Friday, but then I'll get up at four or five, six in the morning and go knock out 30, 40 miles mm -hmm. and do that Saturday and Sunday and build back that thick skin that I, I know I'm going to need for Chile. Mm -hmm. Now, what, what do your, um, your, the people in your life who don't run tell you? Um, <laughs> I just canceled them all. They're all no longer friends. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> no, they, they, everyone's been super supportive. Um, my parents are convinced that I don't have a job. They don't think that I actually work, um, which is great. <laughs> but they truly are. They're supportive at the end of the day. Like when I got to text them and let them know, hey, I'm running Chicago Marathon um, next year. Again, assuming I filled out the application right, because who knows? Yeah. That'd be my way to knock it in. Um, so I was like, you're going to come watch, right? Like, yeah, they're going to come watch. They're going to come see something. I feel like I'm in high school again. Like, they're coming to watch my volleyball games. Um, everyone's been supportive. Some people think I'm crazy, but I have friends that are in the running community that I think I'm crazy, you know? Mm -hmm. It's all it's all fine. We're all Yeah, for sure. Any, any um, like, you're not living, so your parents are still in Chicago, I guess? Yeah. So any plans to go back or like, how, why have you settled in DC? Yeah. Um, DC, the work is just here. I'm, I'm a government contractor. Okay. Pretty typical out here. Um, yeah, the work is good out here and I've built the community that, or I should say the community that was here um, has taken care of me and has supported me and everything I need to do as well as work. They're pretty, they're pretty cool with everything I have going on. So they're okay with me, you know, doing things like leaving a little early if they need to support me in something. And I, I put an extra hour in the next day or something. They're, they're very, very relaxed about that. So no plans to leave anytime soon. That being said, 
I would love to be in New York. I would love to be in LA. I would love to be in Colorado. I would love to just move to a new city and start over, you know, whole new running culture and reimmerse myself. But um, DC is fine for now. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I'm sure you've made some good friends there too, right? Like, oh, the best of friends. Everyone has been so cool. Like through and through running mostly, you'd say, or? Uh, running. Yeah. Uh, through everything. Um, being in the military, you, you know, I made some friends. Um, I've done like a kickball league out here. I've done, you know, you name it. I've tried it. I like, I like kind of putting myself in uncomfortable situations to meet new people. I'm very, very okay with that. Um, it's fun. Like it, it's, I like trying something new. And actually that's how I found the running club that I found. I had a couple friends send it to me and it was a turkey trot November 2020. They were doing their turkey trot um, for Northeast Track Club and came across it and was like, you know what, I'll go and immediately met a bunch of people. And some of them are still my best friends today. So, so good, man. Um, like, it's pretty obvious running is a big part of your life. Like how, what impact do you think it's had like on your life in general? Um, wow. What impact has running had? Um it is definitely, it drives a lot of my non-running self. Um, and what I mean by that is just, obviously running does take up a big portion of my time and I have to prioritize that, but still prioritize friends and prioritize the travel that I do and prioritize going home to Chicago to see family and all those things. I never, I've always made this promise to myself. I'm never going to mold my life around running. I think a lot of people see it that way because they see that I predominantly do running stuff, but that's just because that's what I highlight on social media. Um, it's actually quite the opposite. I am very happy to say no to a running event. If there's something that is more personal and more important in the grand scheme of life that I have to get to, um, a relationship I have to manage or, you know, friends that I have to go see cause I haven't seen them in a while. I will happily turn down whatever marathon's going on that weekend. I'll I'm going to be okay. There are more miles to be had. Um, that's something that I always try to instill and same thing, newer runners. Like it's not the end of the world if you can't make a workout. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have that catchphrase too, right? Like let's go yeah. get some miles. Right? Have some fun. Go get some miles. That's all it is. <laughs> you make it sound so easy. Yeah. And the goal isn't necessarily to make it easy, but simple. I like it to seem simple, right? Easy things. Everyone can do simple things. You still have to do it, but they're available to you and they're easy. Um, and I, one thing I always find is a lot of creators, you know, I always, I want to be a, one of the relatable creators, um, in the way that I think of that. And people go, how are you relatable? You run a marathon a week and you've run multiple hundred plus mile races. How is that relatable to someone who wants to start running? And I'm like, I promise you my 300 mile journey across the desert in March, I broke it up into 152 mile little runs. Cause that's how often I would check in with someone or check in with a pacer, or check in with, you know, whatever food or nutrition I had on me, I, I would mentally check myself and say, what do I need to get to the next two miles? Mm -hmm. um, so I just ran two miles, 150 times. I didn't run 300 miles. Mm -hmm. um, I just am really good at running two miles over and over and over again. So I want to make people feel like they can approach me with their, Hey, I'm running my first two miles without stopping. How do I do that? Yeah, it's, I got it's, you. it's hard to explain that to people sometimes, you know, who are just starting out. Um, Cause to us, it just seems natural maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and you want to be like, 
like you want to have sympathy or you want to be thoughtful of the mm -hmm. fact that, you know, maybe they want to just get off the couch, you know? Yeah. And do like a little bit of what they can do, but to see that end goal, it's like almost impossible, you know? Definitely. Yeah. I, 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 the first time I hit sub three on the marathon, I saw the kind of attention that it got. I saw people obviously be very excited for me and, you know, from there, a lot of people like the, the dynamic change, people are like BQ, BQ, BQ. It's this term you hear all the time, right. In the running community. And they're like, the first question was like, are you running Boston next year? Are you doing this? Fun fact. I didn't get in because of my time as we talked about, <laughs> like I'm not running Boston. Um, I just, there's this, this hype about the competition of running. And that's why my slogan is have some fun go get some miles. Cause I don't care what the miles are. It's kind of a vague term. And having fun is a vague term. I want it to be super vague because I want it to be whatever that means to you. Um, if that is, you know, the you get to get two miles in because that's your time away from your kids. Cool. Enjoy that time. Take your little breather. Have your little de-stress moment. You know, if that's your two miles on your lunch break at work, do that. Like, I am so stoked when people have fun and get miles. It's so it's such a dumb, silly little phrase, but I do mean it. And there is meaning behind it. Yeah. And I think, too, like with all that competition around, like no one's winning a marathon, no one's winning these races, like they're few and far between. Yeah. And like, you just see people take it so seriously, you know? And yeah. like, yeah, like I'm competitive with myself. Like I have some time goals for me, but like, do I enjoy getting out the door every day? Cause I need that. Like, yeah, I love yeah. it, you know? And we just get so wrapped up. Like it, a lot of it's comparison to like watching what oh, other definitely. people are doing and stuff. And like, but like, if you just like really find the joy in putting on your running shoes and getting out the door, like you're, you're winning, you know? Yeah. No, the, the comparison thing, that, that's a really good point that, that, that kind of kills me. I, you know, when, when, when people say like Rob is a runner, they picture again, sub three marathoner, hundred mile runner, 300 mile runner. I put a poll up, as you mentioned, I'm into photography as well. I do a lot of shoots for local running stores, local running clubs. I'm like always shooting. My camera's always on me. I, it's within arm's reach at all times. I have Amazing. a camera. Um, and oh, wait, I mean, pull that back up. I mean, that's, it's not oh, a, any, one of the many. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, is, no, but I'm just saying over here, the film people, cameras over there. for people who want to get into photography and I, I love taking photos also, it doesn't have to be anything fancy, right? Uh, it doesn't. Yeah. You, you absolutely do not need to spend a ton. I mean, tr this is one I only, I bought this one cause it fits in my pocket. There you um, go. Yeah. And I, I actually, it's, I'm, I'm curious. I know I did something the other night. Yeah, I did. We're going to try this. We're going to see if you can see this, but it's just like a little blur. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. on the track from the other night. Cool. Yeah. It was awesome. just something I wanted to snap. I was walking on my way out. I put the big camera away and I was like, hold on, let me capture one more moment. Uh, yeah. Amazing. That's my buddy Dan that I was like, that's sweet. It looks really cool. So, yeah. Um, what was I saying before we were talking about like, uh, yeah, I can't oh, remember. I put up, I, so the other day I did a, a shoot for on and Pacers, uh, which is our local running store in DC. Um, they were like, Rob, you got plenty of running connections. You can just bring two of your friends or two models that you think would be good. So I put up a little poll on my story and I put, Hey, looking for two runners. Obviously you'll probably get some free goodies if you sign up for this, but I'm looking for two people that are comfortable being in front of the camera for about a two hour shoot located in Georgetown. Let me know if you can make it. That's all I put. 
I, I did not even think it through like what some of the responses <laughs> would be that I got. I got a bunch from people who are like, can you define runner? How fast do I have to go? Okay. What, what are the requirements for running? How far are we running? All these things that were all comparison based because they're like, Rob's doing something with running. It's going to be wild. Um, I had someone who, uh, let's see, what were some of the other responses? I just had some crazy, like, yeah, people were like, am I fast enough to do it? And I was like, you run, you know, like you're running is whatever you want it to be. I just need you to do that in front of a camera. Yeah. And it was wild to hear that. And so, like you said, with comparisons, I just am constantly thinking now, especially when I put content out, I try to be pretty self-aware and like, I never want to come across as like this big, everything's got to be fast. Everything's got to be speedy. Yeah. Just have some fun and go get some miles. Yeah. And like, that's honestly, when I do go to a group run, I've been like this for, for a while, but like, yeah, like I like to run fast, like in my training or whatever. Yeah. But I do that on my own or I do that yeah. with specific people. But when I'm running in a group of like everybody's running, I love to hang just at the back and have a chat with whoever's back Still there. Fun. Like that's what it's for, you know? Like, yeah. And so, you know, it makes someone's day and they're like, oh, you're so, you can run ahead. Like, don't worry about me. Like, no. Like, oh, yeah. Like, come on. Like, let's just, try and stay with everybody and, you know, like do whatever we got to do, have a conversation about life or think about anything else but running, you know? Yeah. And I think when you, when you get to do that with people, they, they see that like, it's a lot more relatable. I think that's how you can relate by showing totally. them that it's just like two people just putting on shoes and moving forward, you know? Totally. And you, you bond still the same. Yeah. You still, you still have the same trauma at the end of a long run. You know, you still want a beer. You still want to take a nap, you know? It's the yeah. Same thing. For sure. What what's your favorite? What's your drink of choice? Ooh. Um, I would say the past few races I've done, somehow Modelo has always been around. Oh, nice, yeah. Um, I personally though I'm a Miller High Life guy. <laughs> okay, cool. That's awesome. And what's the story behind the stash? I have to ask you. Oh man, I it I'm surprised you held out for so long. I'm impressed. <laughs> You are the interviewer so far that has held out the longest. That's usually the intro. <laughs> it's um, obvious. It's the obvious thing, right? I mean, yes, the mustache. Um, it's a rebrand. It's it's a post military. Um, your your facial hair cannot go past the sides of your lips uh, mm -hmm. in the military. Um, and so the second I got out, I said, you know what? Let's just kind of let this thing go and see what happens. Uh, then I ran across this company on Amazon called Death Grip. Uh, they're a wax company, never knew anything about them, ordered a couple, tried them out, started kind of styling it. Next thing you know, I run a couple bigger races like Speed Project and some other stuff. And I'm walking around the streets of Boston during Boston Marathon weekend. And everyone's like, oh, you're Rob, right? For the guy on TikTok. And I'm like, I guess, you know, like I didn't know that I had that kind of, you know, position. Mm -hmm. um, and they're like, I recognize you because of the mustache. I recognize you because of the mustache. <laughs> and I was like damn it, this thing's here to stay, isn't it? I just kind of had that realization that that's what happened. And then for Speed Project, all of the things we did, we actually... God, you were I know, I saw the photos. Wait, the whole team had them? Yeah, I, look, they're always at the ready. We got we got mustaches at any time. Okay, and I cool. just bring a packet of these whenever I'm somewhere. So People fun, go yeah. on and it's, it's just become a thing. Um, there is a fake, not fake, an alter ego Instagram out there um, that is my, my ultra marathon Rob 
running purely running and satire instagram it's bobby bigote i don't actually run it it's my friends that run it okay uh, which is dangerous and yeah. none of those people that run it and have the password are going to be in chile and so they have formally requested that i sh send all content to them at the end of each day so they can make whatever they want to make okay with it. So, um, amazing so you're at their yeah. mercy. That's the story behind the mustache. It's here to stay. I do want to do a fundraiser one day uh -huh. and potentially find a way to get rid of it for a good cause. I think that would be a ton of fun, but to be determined on how that's going to happen. What's more work, the running or the maintenance on that thing? <laughs> um, assuming I do it right, the running is a little more work, but okay. there have been some tough maintenance days. Amazing, dude. That's so that's so funny. Um, so where what I'll ask you is where can people find more about you? Where can they find your your content? And yeah, um, my main platform is Instagram. Um, that's also for DMs and reaching out and everything like that. That's always easiest because I do check it quite often. Um, it's ROB. Um, I'm sure you have a way to put it on the screen or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's Instagram. I'm on TikTok as well. TikTok has basically the same videos. The goal is to eventually have TikTok be a little more fun and less professional than Instagram, but currently they're the same videos. Um, and then on my Instagram, I have a couple things in my link tree as well as my email that are just different ways to connect. So um, my Strava, things like that, if people want to follow along. And And it's all you. It's all you doing it. You don't have a team behind you. Oh yeah, no. no. <laughs> That's about it. No one's back there. It's me. <laughs> okay, cool. Now, if I get to that point, we'll have a whole different conversation about content creation. But right, yeah. Well, I know you have another uh, run event to get to. Um, Rob, thanks, man, like for squeezing us in between. Thank work, you. I was stoked to see when you uh, reached out. Yeah, and I can't wait to put this out. Actually, I was going to say the stash is kind of perfect timing for no November, November. I, I love yes, that, that time of, of year. Of course um and yeah and all the best in your next uh the speed speed project international and anything else you got going on definitely we can revisit after that i would love to do that incredible thanks so awesome. much Take appreciate care. it thank you justin no problem bye-bye all right see ya thanks for tuning in to the just in stride podcast i truly appreciate you taking the time to listen and i hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as i did please take a minute after this to rate and review our show on apple podcasts with your feedback, we'll be able to make the show even better, and it'll help us reach new listeners too. You can also find us on Instagram at JustinStridePod for all the latest episodes and updates. Of course, this show wouldn't be possible without a solid team behind me, with logo and design by Vanessa Pugliese, as well as audio, music, and editing by Forrest McKay. A huge thank you goes out to both of them. Guest outreach, social media, writing, and advertising are handled by me, your host, Justin Pugliese. Finally, we'd like to thank you, our listeners, for coming along for the ride with Justin Stride. <laughs>